0: Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, and we ask that you would use those words of Scripture and what I'm going to speak in these next few minutes and the thoughts in our minds to help us get closer to Jesus and be more like Him, in whose name we pray. Amen. I want to welcome those of you who are watching online, those of you in the room. It's great to have you with us. A couple months ago, my wife was doing uh, some errands, and when she got back to the car, it wouldn't start. I was out of town, so she called a tow truck, and the guy came and he noticed that the battery terminals had all this gunk all over them. So he did something both cool and disturbing. He took the can of Coke that he was drinking, dumped it over the battery, and within seconds the gunk was gone, just eaten away. I am never drinking Coke again, (laughs) ever. That is powerful stuff. It could also be a metaphor for the Holy Spirit, so hang with me. It'll work, trust me. Holy Spirit of Jesus himself living inside of us who gives us power so that bored people become excited, faithful people become brave, depressed people find joy like Coca-Cola. He is the real thing and he can get rid of all the gunk in your life so your engine can run at top speed. How's that for a metaphor? (laughs) If we let him out of the can and pour him in the right places. You see, the Holy Spirit is with us. And this is a very Spirit-filled church, and the Spirit is with us. I mean, Dana, I got to just say this, not in the notes. You want this woman praying for you. When Dana prays, there is power in her prayers because of the ways that the Holy Spirit works through her. And we want that power, but we got to let him out of the emotional, social, and theological wrappings that we've got him in. Because a lot of us, myself included, we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. And we should be. Because when the Holy Spirit gets in our lives, people start doing crazy stuff when the Holy Spirit gets loose. I mean, speaking in tongues, slain in the Spirit. But more than that, they become passionate about Jesus. They do bold things just because the Spirit nudges them to do it. They see miracles. And as a result, some folks are going to think they're crazy. And for me, I don't know about for you, but for me, as I said A couple of weeks ago, this would be the biggest reason I don't let the Holy Spirit loose more in my life because I am afraid of what other people will think. And maybe you are too. As I said, this is a very Spirit-filled church. Y'all are very Spirit-filled people, but there's always more with the Holy Spirit if we let them out. And so often I'm afraid to do that because I'm worried what other people are going to think. So I bottle the Spirit up, stifle the nudges I feel, contain my emotions sometimes, but then I miss the miracles the Holy Spirit wants to do. Preacher named Tony Campolo tells a story about speaking at a Pentecostal college. And before he spoke, there was a prayer meeting where a man started praying for a guy named Charlie Stolfus. The man said, Lord, you know Charlie Stolfus. He lives in the silver trailer about a half mile down the road on the right, as though God needed the address, right? (laughs) And Lord, this morning, you know that Charlie Stolfus left his family and Lord, just put that family back together again. Well, the prayer meeting ended, Tony spoke, and on his way home, he saw a hitchhiker And he got a nudge, you know, a thought that was not his thought to pick the guy up. Now, he didn't normally do that, but this time he just felt it was the Holy Spirit nudging him. So he did it, right? The hitchhiker got in and he said, hi, my name's Tony Campolo. What's yours? Hitchhiker said, Charlie Stolfus. So Tony got off at the next exit, turned around and headed back the opposite direction. And Charlie said, well, where are you taking me? And Tony said, home. Charlie said, why? Tony said, because you left your wife and kids this morning, didn't you? at which point Charlie just plastered himself against the car door, right, like just eyes wide open. So Tony drove him right to the silver trailer, half a mile down the road on the right. He knew where the address was because he'd heard it in prayer, right? And when they arrived, Charlie said, how'd you know where I lived? And Tony said, God told me, which in a way he did, right? So They went inside, Tony talked to Charlie and his wife, got them into counseling, and eventually over time their marriage was healed, and now, today, Charlie Stolfus is a pastor. You would be too. (laughs) And I got to say, I am jealous of this story. This kind of thing always happens to Pentecostal preachers. We Presbyterians never get material this good. (laughs) But you know what, at least in my case, I think I know why, at least for me. I never would have picked that guy up, not just for safety concerns, but because I'm shy and I wouldn't want to have made awkward conversation. And even if I did give him a ride, I never would have been as bold as Tony was because I'd be worried about what Charlie Stofus might think about me. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons we don't experience more. More Holy Spirit power, more Holy Spirit joy is because we stifle the Spirit's nudges for fear of what others might think of us. Maybe, for instance, we don't talk about Jesus at school or at work, or we engage in behavior we know isn't very healthy just to go along with the crowd. Maybe it's gossip in the office, or for a lot of men, I know, pressure they feel from coworkers when they're out of town to go to strip clubs, something like that. Or maybe we simply don't respond to the nudges we sometimes feel from the Holy Spirit to, you know, stop and get a hitchhiker, or say to someone, can I pray for you, or whatever it is, because we're afraid of what someone else might think about us. But in the story we read today, the apostle Peter is wonderfully free from concern for what others think about him. The context for this story is that Peter and John have just prayed for a lame man to be healed, and he was. Peter uses that as an occasion to preach a sermon about Jesus and how Jesus was raised from the dead. So talk about doing something that might cause people to think you're weird. Tomorrow, go to school, go to work, tell people you saw a dead guy come back to life. Let me know how that works out for you. And the religious leaders can't stand what Peter is doing because religious leaders have always been a problem for God. So they haul Peter. They have been. So they haul Peter. (laughs) Serious, read the Bible. They haul Peter in front of two priests, Caiaphas and Annas, the two men who had Jesus crucified. So again, talk about worrying what other people think. They've got power. This is a high-pressure situation. But look what Peter does. The text says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, And what follows gives us some clues about how we can get free of our concerns of what other people think about us so that we can experience more of the Holy Spirit, more of the power that we already have and are already experiencing, more of the adventure, more of the joy. And I'll start with the most obvious. Pray for boldness. You know, Peter doesn't get this free of what others think of him on his own. The text does not say, then Peter, filled with his own self-importance, addressed the crowd. It says, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit made him bold and helped him not care what others might think. A little later in the text, it says that Peter and John start to pray, and this is what they pray. Lord, consider their threats against us and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Notice they don't pray to be kept safe. They don't pray to escape trouble. They don't pray for comfort, they pray for boldness, for miracles, for adventure, as many of you have. If you haven't ever prayed for boldness, ask the Holy Spirit to make you bold. Not obnoxious, that's a different thing, okay? <clears throat> Sometimes the line is very fine, but, but bold. Because when we do, amazing things happen. A while back, during one of our prayer retreats here, uh, a woman felt nudged by the Holy Spirit to pray for a friend's healing who had a facial tumor. So she did. Bold prayer, right? Next day, friend woke up, tumor was gone. When we pray for boldness, that happened in this church. When we pray for boldness and pray boldly, amazing things start to happen. Well, what happens then if we pray and they're not healed? That's all right. Our call is just to pray. Holy Spirit's job is to take care of the results. And even when it isn't a physical healing, he always brings the presence of Jesus and courage and joy. Pray for boldness. Second, Trust the Spirit's credentials, not our own. You know, sometimes I'm afraid, maybe you are too, afraid to step out and take a leap of faith for fear that I don't have the right credentials. You know, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not old enough, or young enough, or cool enough, or whatever enough. What if I talk to someone about Jesus and they start asking me questions I don't know how to answer? Or in my case, I, you know, one of the things that would have kept me from doing what Tony Campolo did was this sense of, you know, Tony can pull that off because he's cool, right? I'm not cool. The guy would just think I'm an idiot, right? So I don't have the right credentials, right? But here's the thing. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. It is not about us. It's about the Holy Spirit working through us. And you see that in this story. It says when they, the religious leaders, saw Peter and John's courage and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished. How'd you like to be described that way? (laughs) Ordinary. Back when my wife and I were dating, the first time I met her mother, her mother had made dinner and as you know my wife is Chinese and in Chinese culture meals are a very big deal. Problem was, I didn't have this cultural piece of information. So, you know, I ate, complimented the food, all of that, but apparently I didn't eat enough. Because when I was done, her mother's only comment about me was, hmm, he is just a medium eater. That's it? Medium, that's it? The wonderful complexity that is moi? Right? Just summed up medium eater, right? Well, that's kind of what's going on in this text. They were, Peter and John were just medium eaters. You know, ordinary people which amazed the religious leaders because extraordinary things were happening through them. I mean, how, can that, how can someone who hasn't been to seminary possibly have anything important to say? Or how can God work through fishermen? Because it's not about our qualifications. It's about how the Holy Spirit works through us. A friend of mine talks about how when she was in college, she was eating her lunch one day, and this man came up and started reading a Christian tract to her and said, you need Jesus in your life to forgive your sins. Her comment was, it was rude, it was pushy, it was simplistic, and I gave my life to Christ on the spot. See, it's not about us. Now, that's not my preferred mode of evangelism. I think there are better ways to do it, but it's not about our credentials or our slickness or our smoothness. It's about how the Holy Spirit works through us. And that's good news, because if we rely on our credentials or our status or our education, right, we're going to always be disappointed because someone always has a better credential. But if it's about how the Holy Spirit works through us, then all of us can experience and do amazing things through the power of the Spirit. Everyone, even medium meters like me. I've told you before about a man in this church who kept getting a nudge to go tell a friend of his, who I'll call Ken, that God loved him. Every morning, this man got this nudge, and, and he just said, te- I'm not going to do that. Ken would think I'm weird. That's just crazy. Finally, though, it became too much. So he went to Ken's house early in the morning, woke him up, and said, God told me to come over here and tell you that he loves you. Ken started to cry. He said, my career is a mess. My girlfriend just broke up with me. I feel like God doesn't love me, that he's just AWOL. I needed to hear that today. Now, would you be just a little self-conscious going up to someone and saying, God told me to tell you that he loves you? God told me? I mean, I would, right? For fear, someone would think that I was sort of crazy. What would they think about me? But it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about how the Holy Spirit works through us. And when we experience that, the opinions of others seem smaller. The Lord of the universe loves us. Who cares what someone else thinks? Jeez, the, the most important person thinks we're great. Who cares what other people think? Well, what if I step out and it wasn't actually a nudge from the Holy Spirit? It was just my own thoughts. That's okay, right? I've done that. I've, sometimes when I step out, it is the Holy Spirit that nudged. Sometimes it wasn't. I just, but I'm doing it. And the more I do that, the more I figure out when it's the Spirit and when it isn't. Okay, just, 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 just do it, really. It's good. To get free of our concern for what others think, we need to pray for boldness, let the Holy Spirit credential us, and finally, trust that God's purposes are an unstoppable force. Peter and John can be bold because they know that they are on a winning team, that Jesus' purposes cannot be stopped. And if you know that you're on a winning team, you don't care what other people think. I recently saw a video where Kyrie Irving, the NBA's Rookie of the Year this year, had a makeup artist make him, make him up to look like he was an 80-year-old man. And then he and some friends went to a park where some teenagers were playing basketball and asked if he and his friends could join in. Right. Well, the teenagers, you can just imagine, they just go to town on this guy. Right? They're just like making fun of him, all this stuff. Right? And at first, Irving plays the part perfectly. He misses baskets. He moves slow, looks kind of frail. And the teenagers are rolling their eyes, making fun of him. But then he brings his A-game right? and just annihilates these teenagers. But he looks like he's 80. Now, the whole time that those teenagers were making fun of him and his friends, do you think his friends were taking it personally? Of course not. Why? Because they were with the pick and rookie of the year, right? They knew that they were going to win. And it's the same with us. Folks can think what they're going to think. Let them think what they're going to think. Let them roll their eyes. Let them say what they're going to say. Who cares? Jesus' purposes cannot be stopped. And if we are with him, we are on the winning team. We are going in a direction that is going to yield a lot of fruit. In this story, some folks think Peter and John are crazy, some folks think they're dangerous. But even still, thousands of people become followers of Christ because how the Holy Spirit is working through them. Because when Jesus is on the move, ain't nothing going to get in the way. Now, it needs to be said, sometimes it can take a long time to see Jesus' purposes come to fruition. Sometimes we have to wait months, years, decades. I recently read a story about a missionary in Africa Spent 20 years with a tribe in Africa, and not one person became a Christian for 20 years. Folks back home said, come on, come home. You know, they thought he was crazy. You're failing. You're not having success. Come on home. But you know what? The closer he got to Jesus, the more that he didn't, you know, he didn't care what they thought. He just stuck around and eventually died in Africa. Well, a few years later, another missionary came, and suddenly there were dozens of converts And the new missionary asked, why are you all now becoming Christians when for the first 20 years with the other missionary, none of you converted? The chief of the tribe said, because the first missionary kept telling us how because of Jesus, we don't need to be afraid of death because we're going to eventually live forever. Well, we didn't believe him until we saw him die and saw him die with no fear. And now we know it's true. See, all those years, folks thinking he was a fool. But the closer he felt to Jesus, the less he cared. And he knew that Jesus' purposes could not be stopped and they would come to fruition at some point. Eventually they did. It's just that sometimes we have to take the long view. You know, if you follow baseball, you know that the Chicago Cubs have not, had a, have not won a World Series since 1903. It is the longest championship drought in, in Major League Baseball. Well, one time in an interview, the Cubs' play-by-play announcer was asked, you know, how do you feel about this amazing, incredible, you know, losing streak? And he said, you know, anyone can have a bad century. (laughs) It's time to move on, right? That's the long view. We can be bold because Jesus' purposes will not be stopped. And more than that, his purposes are good. It's to heal and to make whole and to rescue and to save and to bring renewal and revival and to make everything new. And there's nothing to be ashamed about in that. Now, I will admit sometimes I have been embarrassed by some of Jesus' followers. You know, our brothers and sisters in Christ or maybe our second cousins in Christ. I don't know. But, you know, I'll admit that. We have this reputation of being pushy, shovey, you know, obnoxious. When I was 15, I lived in Mexico in a really small village. And I remember this one time seeing an American man, camera around his neck, shoving a MasterCard charge card at a woman who was selling her wares in this open-air market. Right? I mean, parts of the town didn't even have electricity, let alone some kind of charge card machine, right? But there he was, shoving it in her face, yelling at her, it's as good as cash around the world! that is sort of the image of Christians shoving things at people, yelling at them, saying, you need this. But that is not Jesus. Jesus is amazing. And when he gets in people's lives, lots of stuff gets transformed. A woman in our church told me a story about how her husband got adopted by his parents, who I'll call Laura and Tom. Laura and Tom wanted to adopt, so they made an appointment with an adoption lawyer now the Sunday before the appointment, they, they decided to visit a church that they'd never been to before. And that day, the pastor got up and said, I don't normally do this, but a baby was born yesterday who needs a home. So after the service, Laura and Tom went up to the pastor and said, you know, we've got an appointment tomorrow with an adoption lawyer. You know, we're, our hearts are ready for this. Maybe we could adopt that baby. So the pastor gave them the number of the social worker, but the social worker, when they called, said, uh-uh, that mother has already decided to give that baby to a different family, another family. Now, that family hasn't been notified yet, but the decision's made. So that night, Laura asked God for guidance, and she kept getting these nudges from the Holy Spirit that that baby was the one that they were supposed to adopt. Now, what you need to know about Laura is she's kind of a shy person, never argues, never rocks the boat, right? But she just kept getting this feeling that was the baby they were supposed to adopt. So the next morning, she got up, filled with the Holy Spirit, and she called the social worker. And she said, you're probably going to think I'm nuts, but God told me that we're supposed to adopt that baby. And the social worker said, you know, sorry, but, but, you know, that baby's been given to another family or been promised to another family. You know, that family hasn't been notified yet, but they were just waiting on the paperwork. Laura said, okay, yeah, I get that. Could you just go ask that mom one more time? So the social worker did, and then as she did, she found out that the mom actually had not picked that family, the other family, the doctor had, based on how that family looked on paper. You know, they had the right credentials, wealthy, successful careers, that sort of thing. The doctor picked it, got the mom to agree. But when the social worker asked, the mom said, you know what, all night I had this feeling that my baby should go somewhere else, to a different family, maybe a family that has some kind of faith. Social worker said, well, now that you mention it, There is this other family, and believe you me, they have faith. The woman says that God talks to her, right? And the mom said, that one, the half-crazy family, the Christians, I want, that's the one I want my baby to go to. And so Laura and Tom adopted that baby. The woman who told me this story had heard it from her husband's mother, Laura. Her husband, who was that baby, had never told her that story. So she went home, and she told the story to her husband, and he said, wow, what a cool story. Who was that baby? She said, you were, you dope. Turns out his mom had told him that story when he was a teenager, but apparently he wasn't paying attention because he didn't remember it. (laughs) Imagine that, a teenager not listening to his mom. (laughs) Now, Laura is not the kind of person to go around, you know, saying to state officials, God told me that you're supposed to give me that baby. But she prayed for boldness, let the Holy Spirit credential her over against the credentials of that other family on paper, right? And she became unconcerned what others thought about her. And as a result, saw God work in amazing ways and rescued a child who needed a family not just to provide for him, but to show him the love of Jesus. So where might you not be experiencing as much of the Holy Spirit as you could? Stifling it, taming your experience, stealing the adventure and joy that God has for you because you might be afraid of what someone else thinks. This week, pray for more boldness. Trust his credentials, not yours, and pursue God's purposes in your life knowing that you need not be embarrassed because God's purposes are an unstoppable force. You are on the winning team. And who cares if folks think you're crazy? Chances are they already do, All right? At least this, this way it'll be for a good cause. Because, you see, the Apostle Paul was right when he said this, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I am not ashamed of my Lord Jesus. Because Jesus can transform anything. Jesus, of whom we do not need to be ashamed, because he is the one who sets us free. So this week, pray big, pray bold, pray that the Holy Spirit gives you courage, and join in the fellowship of the unashamed. So, Jesus, we do ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to have more of you, experience more of you, tame you less, and follow you more. Lord, thank you for the ways that you are already doing that in our lives and in this church. We know, though, that there is always more with you, and so we ask for that more. In your name, Lord. Amen.